0: Entitled Boss Tries to Get Me Fired Over a Dirty Joke Regrets It When I Bring Up Her Little Friend About 15 years ago, I moved across a few states to where my wife was starting her new position as a professor at a local university. We had the first three of our four children, and while I was going to mainly stay at home to care for them, I wanted at least a part-time job for extra cash and whatnot. So I took a full-time position as a cook at a retirement home slash care facility in the town we moved to. I have a culinary degree and years of experience working in small kitchens, hotels, and a previous university kitchen. This was a very small kitchen and had a lot of hand-me-down practices that have managed to avoid professionalism and efficiency. Basically whoever ran the kitchen just did whatever they felt like doing if they thought it made sense. The current head of dietary who actually hired me had a few years of experience but she was retiring and her position was being taken by a kitchen staff member who was brought into the kitchen from being a housekeeper. She had very little training and no certifications but was taking the courses as she had started the position on the facility's dime. At first it was very friendly and casual. We all got a Fair enough. It was my new supervisor, boss, me, the main cook, Queen, who had plenty of experience in small town kitchens, and an ex truck driver, King, who had no experience but could follow directions and sort of assemble the meals as directed. Our facility director, Big Boss, ran the entire place in all departments. I had a habit of maintaining a professional demeanor whenever I worked, until I could test the atmosphere and relax into whatever environment turned out to be. I learned from this incident not to do that and will always maintain a professional face at work, no matter how relaxed it is because of this incident. After some months in the position, all was mostly fine, but boss had some issues with the way I performed my tasks. I used pretty standard practices for preparing, cooking, and expediting meals that she was unfamiliar with. An example would be prepping meals components during downtime as residents of the facility would come in to be fed. She was used to just standing at the window waiting for nurses to come up and give the name of the resident. Then as the aides cleaned up, she rushed to prepare the lunch. I would come up to the window when a nurse approached, but otherwise be prepping food to go into oven slash stove for the impending lunch hour or prepping food for the next day's meals this not only managed time better but allowed me to avoid many snafus and possibly prep something extra for the independent residents who would request something at the last minute for lunch when they came for a morning meal they had a tendency to just trickle in and there weren't more than maybe 40 residents in total One event would be the morning that she came in early to do some paperwork and saw me prepping four full pans of pork chops to put into the cooler until oven time. She was terribly confused. Uh, what are you doing? Pork chops for lunch. But it's breakfast time. Yes, breakfast is ready in the steam table. But you're supposed to be serving breakfast. I am. As they get here, I get their breakfast. I've already prepped the veggies and the potatoes. After I get these pans into the cooler, I can start the cake for tomorrow's dessert. But... It's breakfast and so on. This was the start of her trying to change my methods to hers. But almost every time she tried, I'd resist. At first, she pulled the I'm in charge thing, but not often because I had more experience than her. And I could explain how my method was standard practice or made more sense than hers. She never had a reasonable explanation that what I was doing shouldn't be done other than I don't like it. Really, she had some ridiculous ideas about how to cook. A few times she would involve the facility head, Big Boss, and I'd get to work to be told that I needed to go talk to her. Every single time I managed to defend what I was doing and get an agreement from Big Boss that what I was doing was professional and acceptable. More than a handful of times, I demonstrated how things boss expected of me not only weren't efficient, but sometimes skirted or even violated surf safe and food handling safety. A big one was she would be angry that she now had to bend over to lift out meat out of the boxes on the bottom shelf instead of the second shelf where she had them previously. Above the shelf were the boxes of lettuce and other raw veggies. Usually I would be told to continue what I was doing and Big Boss would talk to Boss, who would stare daggers at me for the rest of the shift. This went on for months until Boss thought she could finally get rid of me through some shenanigans. One day I was called into Boss's office towards the end of my shift and she said that we needed to go talk to Big Boss. We go together and Big Boss tells me that Boss has brought to my attention my unprofessional behavior in the kitchen. Boss then clarifies by relating a little off-color gag I had taken part in one day with Queen. We had been putting away our deliveries and each of us had one of those 80-20 meat tubes and on a whim we both started hanging them in front of our aprons and swinging them from side to side chasing king around in front of the coolers with our meaty meat sticks yes it was unprofessional yes it was juvenile yes it was kind of gross but this wasn't an isolated incident of tomfoolery and it was the same sort of play that boss herself had taken part in boss thought she had finally gotten me as big boss asked if this had actually happened and i said it had boss starts to explain she can't have that kind of behavior in the kitchen and it was unprofessional. She loved being able to say that directed at me considering how I've shown how unprofessional she was previously and that it was offensive and dirty and blah blah blah. When she was done and Big Boss looked at me for my response, I apologized and agreed that it was inappropriate and I should have known better. But I also explained that I never made an off-color joke, began an off-color discussion, or took part in any behavior considered unprofessional until I had seen that it was commonplace in the kitchen. I waited to gauge the environment first until I saw how they conducted themselves in their kitchen. After I saw what they considered acceptable, I took part. I also explained that it was actually Boss who first made me aware that they regularly engaged in this off-color topics and behavior. And only after she wandered into that territory did I feel comfortable enough to go there myself. I then apologized and said that it wouldn't happen again, but that everyone, including Boss, should be held to the same expectation. Boss immediately snapped, what did I do that made you think it was okay to be so offensive? Which was a huge mistake on her part. Boss, who is Henry? At this point, she clammed up. Her eyes grew wide as she turned so red, it was kind of scary. Big Boss looks at Boss in confusion and Boss just looks back and forth between us in panic. I begin to explain that Henry is Boss's vibrating toy. I know this because on my second day in the kitchen, the dishwashing machine was, like it was quite often, being repaired because it had broken down again. The repairman was this guy that Boss and Queen kept staring at and giggling about. Queen jokes that she thinks Boss is sabotaging the machine so that this guy will have to come repair it again. At one point, he goes out to his truck and Queen tells Boss she should just go for it asking him out or whatever. And boss declines smiling and giggling. Looks like I'll have a date with Henry tonight. Queen chuckles and I ask who Henry is. Queen tells me it's boss's special friend and boss finishes by explaining he's big and red and has multiple vibration settings. He even wiggles too. I laughed and she continued saying something like a girl's gotta do what a girl's gotta do even if she has to keep buying batteries. I go on to explain that Queen can confirm this and that there are probably other instances where others were present where Boss was engaging in similar discussions or taking part in similar joking around. Big Boss is looking at Boss for a rebuttal, but Boss is still standing there shuffling her feet sweating bullets. Big Boss thanks me for being frank and that from this point moving forward, none of this behavior is acceptable from anyone and excuses me to finish my shift as Boss stays behind to presumably get reamed. There were a few instances of us butting heads along the same lines as before, but she didn't talk to me much after. I ended up moving on a couple of months after this, but let me know. Am I the jerk? Oh man, do I have so many stories like this one the OP just talked about here. I used to work in an automotive factory surrounded by nothing but men. You could only assume the type of shenanigans that happened. But I will always say that getting instant karma on a supervisor is always the best feeling. I actually worked with an engineer aide that had a lot of pull in the company because he was a good worker, but he was also very vulgar on the floor around non-supervisor type people. We often went back and forth about life and how we viewed things. He was one of those work is work types and you should do your job no matter what. I am of the mind that if you get paid to do a certain job and your job constantly expects you to do more than your coworkers, you should be compensated for it. Well, one day during a safety meeting, the safety guy had taken a bunch of pictures of no-nos around the campus and wanted us to call them out. Well, one of these photos just so happened to have my backpack on the top of a console and it was called out by this engineering aide. Everyone knew it was my bag, and of course, I just had a bunch of eyes on me during the meeting. Well, moments later, I got my chance to strike back because during the discussion of cleanup procedures, I mentioned who is responsible for cleanup when an engine is taken in and out of the stand. Because there's this one particular stand that is always messy and has leaks, but it never seems to be cleaned up. This stand just so happened to be one of this engineer aid stands. The safety guy says that is the job of the people that remove and install the engine. And everyone in the room just starts giggling like school children after this was said because they knew I had just got this guy back for calling me out. I hated that job and I won't go back, but I won't lie. Sometimes it had its moments. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. Entitled boss demands that I do what she says, so I end up destroying the whole business in the process. A little backstory. I used to run a medium-ish sized 40 room hotel down in Florida for a couple of years not that long ago. The hotel was a couple of old neighboring beach apartment motels bought by a foreign investor and then extensively renovated into a single modern boutique hotel. The location was amazing for this type of business. Before the pandemic, it was indeed a prime piece of property. The property manager that ran it at the time built the hotel up with the idea of a place people would really be happy to return to, especially considering that the person who had run the place at first, an ex-girlfriend of the owner, had chased all the old motel guests off. Apparently, and I quote one of the former guests here, We don't want your con here. She told people, meaning old generational, mainly middle-class Americans from the Midwest, spending their family vacations down in Florida every year for decades. Also backtracking a bit to a point that's rather important for the story, the owner is not a nice person, nor had he ever worked in or run a hospitality business. His main line of business is retail, abroad. And he is a self-absorbed, entitled narcissist with an attitude. He had constantly meddled, making incredibly foolish and downright harmful decisions during the renovations, and then forcing the property manager to carry them out. She was smart and competent enough to usually find a hard work around, but sometimes he insisted further. Things weren't smooth. So fast forward to me starting to run the actual hotel part of the business, which at first the owner wouldn't meddle in as much. Our main focus group at the time had been the cruise ship crowd, regular vacation goers, the conference nearby, and finally, the annual events. Multiple music festivals, holidays, as well as, drumroll, the international boat show. The last one being a week-long affair of yacht-building companies selling their boats to the rich folks. 10-minute walk from our hotel the place i managed was a bit too low-key for the rich crowd but guess where all those yacht building companies wanted a room to place all their stuff at well we had 40 of them with multiple beds and full kitchens and we built the place up with regular guests in mind including the festival goers and the yachtsmen especially the yachtsmen meaning discounts free upgrades personalized approach regular touch-ups, and even occasional BBQ parties. I was on a first-name basis with quite a few boat building managers, as well as boat captains. Because when a boat is sold, they often stay around, get repaired, and the crew has to stay somewhere. And our little place was known in the circles as a good place for them. I had made it my goal to make it attractive for the target audience. I'm a firm believer in the hospitality business being run with clients in mind, not the profit. So we had an amazing year of building up connections, and making the place really nice to a few very specific circles. And then the pandemic hit. The hotel was almost empty for half a year. Had to furlough most of our staff for a while. Eventually the pandemic was sort of forgotten about, at least in Florida. Cruise ships hadn't come back, but the regular vacation goers had in mass so we got very busy very fast however the owner wasn't thrilled with me hiring a new front desk receptionist why bother if i myself could do the job as well right make housekeepers we had two of them total for the entire place do laundry as well get the property manager to do accounting too at the time the owner had bought a yacht just because and attempted to make our property manager run the boat as well So after a few months of struggle, she had finally had enough and had quit. Good for her. We are still friends even today. The owner replaced the property manager with his daughter. Like father, like daughter, exactly the same type. However, in their country, manager is manager. They don't get the difference between a property manager does the building or the property side of things and a business manager does the business in that building. She immediately had decided that her job was to run the hotel and my job was to do what I'm told. And the first thing they do, the father and the daughter, is look at the boat show that is just one month ahead, as well as the festival season a couple of months later. They had a brilliant idea of making more money. After all, why had we sold all the rooms that cheap? Triple rates for the boat show? We could easily make twice as much, right? And why offer free parking when no one around does that? Not like it's a selling point, right? So they tell me to make changes to the room rates on existing reservations and to start charging for the parking on reservations that were made with the free parking listed and above all, charge more for the boat show on the rooms that had been sold a year ago, mostly face to face when people were checking out after the last show. And it was apparently up to me to call them and let them know that they had raised the rates by 50%. Oh, and that the parking for the show is now $100 per vehicle. I was not happy with the idea, to say the least. For whatever reason, I had assumed that this is not how things are done in the US, even down in Florida, despite the infamous Florida man nor I felt comfortable calling people, most of whom I knew, to tell them this banger of an idea. So I had fought against this decision as hard as I could. I came up with various reasons as to why we should not do it, point out how we run the place, and argued the point of reputation. The owner had enlisted and said, I hear you, but trust my business acumen. After all, I have millions. The daughter had listened to me very carefully. Her reply? Your direct supervisor has decided and given your instructions. It is not your place to think and question things. Just call them all and explain everything. That's your job. Cue my malicious compliance then. I called our guests and not just the boat people. I called most regulars of ours. Took a while and I explained what was happening. I told them the truth, how things are run now, what new ideas are there, etc. I also told them that I was very much against this new decision and that I probably won't be here for much longer. Most of them thanked me for the information and said that they will be in touch. A few local yachtsmen asked if they could come in to discuss things. In the end, the boat people were forced to pay extra. It's impossible to find good property at any price range close to the boat show location just a month before the show itself. The local ones who came in and met with the owner and his daughter got a great deal of free parking after the price adjustment. I struggled to keep my professional face. However, when I met with them on my own after their talk with the owner, and when I talked with the other regulars over the phone, almost all of them thanked me for my efforts and told me that they will not be back. Neither would anyone they know. Also, if I go to a new place, would I please let them know so they could go there too? Well, that very week I gave the owner's daughter my notice, left just before the show began, letting her be the one dealing with the crap storm, since she insisted on being the boss so much. From what I hear, she hadn't managed at all. Right now, the place is run by some shady management company that just doesn't care, with the daughter supposedly running the front desk. No one is answering any calls or checking emails. Reviews plummeted. They hadn't even renewed their licenses or paid booking.com or Expedia fees, who are now threatening legal action. And apparently, the owner and his daughter blame me and the property manager for everything, since it was our leaving that screwed them over. But let me know am I the jerk? Never trust nepotism hires. They are by far some of the worst people to work with because 9 out of 10 times they come in with a sense of entitlement. I used to work with a bunch of people that had family in the company and a majority of the time they just outright sucked as coworkers. So it's hard to trust someone who has been given a position that others have had to work for. This OP story is a perfect example of why you should always be worried of working for a place that puts family in positions of power and puts profits over customers. I think I found someone who's a better match for me than my boyfriend. I'm writing this on a throwaway for obvious reasons. I love my boyfriend. We've only been dating recently. He's your tough and wise guy who doesn't always get mushy with his feelings. I think that's my problem. He's not very often verbally expressive with his love for me. He doesn't always reassure me verbally. We're doing the long distance thing right now, so options are limited. Just basically, he's not verbally expressive in many ways. But my love language is words of affirmation, and I need it from him. I do think that he's just different from me, but expresses he cares in other ways. He's away for a while doing military work, but he'll be back soon. I'm definitely talking to him about this because I still want to be with him, and I think we can fix it. There's a lot of compromise here and there, but I think we can make it work. So just a few months ago I met this guy who I'm now very good friends with and he's the sweetest and most thoughtful guy I've ever met. I've always seen these types of guys in other relationships, but now I know they actually exist. He never misses to check up on me. He does everything to cheer me up And he cares for me a lot and he's so selfless. He always wishes me well in advance and he's basically the opposite of everything my boyfriend is. For dog comparisons, he's like a golden retriever where my boyfriend is like a pit bull. I know pit bulls can be sweet, but you get it. He literally does the most for me and even tells me that I'm prettier than every girl. If I didn't know any better, I would think that he likes me, which is a possibility, but I don't think so because he says he doesn't like anyone at the moment. Yes, he knows that I'm in a relationship, yet he tells me all of these things still. I think that's how I know that he's just being super friendly to me and that's just his nature. He's actually a blob of wholesomeness and care. We also share more of the same ideas. I could suggest anything and he'd be willing to do it with me or for me, but my boyfriend declines some ideas I suggest. There are also minor things that make me sort of doubt my boyfriend's intentions with me sometimes. So I'm scared. I'm scared that I might have accidentally met a better match for me while I'm still in a relationship. He makes me feel like I could be loved the way I love. Sometimes I don't want to get along with him so much because of this reason. Because what about my boyfriend? I love him so much, but I don't want to leave him. But the presence of this person makes me think that there's a better, more accurate match for me out there, which could be him. Kind of like a don't settle for less type of thing. I don't like him at the moment and I don't want to. I feel terrible because I don't wanna feel this way. I don't want to find someone better. If my boyfriend and I can talk about this and things can get better, obviously I'm staying with him. It just boggles my mind that there's someone else that's more of an ideal person like the one in my head. Small what ifs like what if my boyfriend isn't my person because I might fit better with someone else. This is something that's been bothering me for days. It feels good to type this down and see it as readable paragraphs. I've always been honest with myself, but these might be harsh truths that I'm scared to face after all. But let me know, am I the jerk? I don't think the OP is a bad person here. I feel like these are just human emotions. As long as she doesn't act on these feelings, she should be fine. But I know when I was in a relationship, I met plenty of women that I thought would be a better fit for me in the long run. And with the way the relationship played out, it might have been a smart move to give some of them a chance. But that's in hindsight. But as for this perfect guy, it is possible that he does have a thing for the OP, but I could also say that I used to have a friend that I did similar things for. I mean, I didn't go around saying that she was the most beautiful girl out of them all, because I feel that's a bit much when you're not with someone. But I did treat her like a ride or die. So it is possible, no matter what some people might say, for men and women to just be friends. That's it for today's video. If you want to make sure you don't miss out on any content, hit that subscribe button and make sure you hit that bell to turn on notifications. If you want to finish listening to all those stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you're someone who live streams and needs copyright-free music, check out the Cream of the Crop music by searching Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you choose. Remember, it's free.